the controls were over here on the console. This is oh, oh, okay. Thank your you. window control right there. This guy has hold of him pride, but not a lot of pride in his driving. Ah, he might be proud of his, that he's got his own style. So, you know, I, I was a little uh, disappointed to learn that, should I cut back over to Willow? Is that better? You know what, if you go if you go all the way down to Monroe, that's the one that goes most straight out. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, I was just surprised to see that Bruce wasn't going to be part of this, you know, I bought the tickets before I knew. Yeah, yeah. And is that anything other than he has to take care of his aged mom, or is there it's, it's He has to take care of his aged mom. And I think that be, I, I'm curious if, you know, cause obviously I was the last person consulted about this and I don't, I don't have a lot of inside info, but, um, cause you, it's because the book's coming out, you know, yeah. Now, right. Yeah. So it, it, it might be like, it might've been like a saving money on flying him there and he has to take care of his mom, but because, and, and here's the clue is that. Um, last, you know, the other night at practice when someone's like, yeah, you know, it's the same, you know, Bruce could make it. He's like, well, it's a good thing Bruce didn't come because he had to take his mother to the ER today. So if he had flown here, he would have been on a plane right back home anyway. So it really is that he has to take care of his, his, uh, infirm mother. And, um, there's that. So I was curious if they came up with the Jim Foster angle when they found out Bruce maybe couldn't make it. So how did Bruce end up replacing Jim Foster anyway? What was that all about? Did well, it's like I said, or... well, I, I never heard stories. The thing about funny is about AOD is like, they, I always say this about them, is that it was the best band to be in because there was never any underlying tension because everyone was constantly insulting each other all the time. Mm -hmm. So there was no, there was never any kind of like buildup. Um, Jim Foster, I don't know the man well, but, and, uh, of course he's older than he would have been then. He might've been too serious. Like, you mm -hmm. know, it might've been like, a, I think I get the impression it might've been a bad personality match. And it's like, and again, seeing him as like this, you know, Glenn Matlock style dude, you know, he, he might've wanted to do things they didn't want to do. He might've wanted to do things they couldn't do. I mm -hmm. don't know. I mean, cause he ended up doing really well for himself with the Frankenstein electric crank this time I knew one of the guys in that band was it uh, Sal Sal from electric Frankenstein yeah Sal what the hell was his last name do you know any Sal's that were in electric Frankenstein I think I believe I just heard him mention in passing when uh, yeah Jim was telling stories about the guys which members of electric Frankenstein destroyed the band by being too fucked up on the drugs those oh. drugs they were getting crazy with those drugs you know how long it's been since I drove into Manhattan on a Friday night I I mean I, I can't even remember how long it's been it's been that long generally speaking yeah. we do not drive in generally speaking yeah I'm, I always go in under duress but I have a lot of duress Uh, wear a dress. Well, I saw. You know, I saw AOD one time play in dresses. 
And it was yeah. A, it was a weird gig. I have no doubt. Well, it was it was a funny gig because it was during whatever that brief window when Danceteria had come back. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like I had to go in after work. I think I had a part-time job working on the phone or some shit. And I drove into the city and they were just like in the mid-set and they were all wearing dresses. Wow. Well, I don't think it's going to be any dresses tonight. Well, uh, I wonder what kind of turnout there's going to be too. Oh, you know what I'm, I want to ask you first? Did you get a copy of the book yet? No. No. Um, I, I, I'll get one tonight though. He was okay. supposed to have, like there was something fucked up with the publisher where I think he was supposed to have him last night or maybe he just didn't bring him last night. But, um... Yeah, yeah, I'm curious to see what it's all about because I've read a book recently that I kind of had high hopes for, of, like uh, a memoir of the early hardcore days, and, mm-hmm. and it it just ended up being kind of disappointing. You know, it, it was more of a, and then then on this night we went and saw this band, and then I met these people, and then on that night we, I went and saw this band, and then we were part of this thing, and it, it was really more of like just a tour almost like a tour diary now this this will be this it's not going to be that i know that it's supposed to be really fucking funny yeah and dave gave it to a few people and got feedback like very strong feedback one of them was uh buzz from the melvins Mm -hmm. loved the book but it's if i mean having been there for the part i was there for um it's it's just gonna it should be really fucking funny Okay. Because there's a lot of nonsense going on. A lot of hijinks. Wacky hijinks, you might yeah, say. Yeah, yes, yeah. And, um, yeah, Dave... I don't know how much I know of his writing style, but uh, he's definitely going to be going for the jokes. Okay. So. Well, that's good. I plan to write my memoir, my book. I don't know how many jokes it's going to have. We'll see. The nihilistics, we weren't, you know, there wasn't a lot of joking going you weren't, on. You weren't? The joking was really very dark, black humor. You weren't just, wacky guys. No, we were pretty grim. But in our own way, we were hilarious. In our own way. Actually, you know what was funny? There was a, here's a great, a, a perfect example of the, the humor of AOD. Is um, we played some gig with them. And I guess we were staying, we stayed somewhere at the same time as them. And Paul Decalator's girlfriend, Holly, left her purse. And so then they wrote a letter. I don't know who, who hand wrote it, but they collaborated on it in the, in the band. And it's like, Dear Holly, we have been looking at you from afar for a long time. And now we would like to look at you from a close. And then they start like going in on Decalator's like, what's with that, like the top hat and the beard? I thought that went out with like 10 mile walks to school, uphill snow yeah, both wow. ways right like but it was like you know it's like so it's just like we we want to you know we want to get with you and it's like signed adrenaline od right and the thing was you know paul was like irked like not, like not seriously mad but just like a little like rubbed in the wrong way and, we, and when i told them bruce just goes but we're wacky guys that's what we do <laughs> yeah. yeah it's you can't really take a lot of offense at that now, He's gone now, isn't he? Deck? Paul, yeah. Oh, died, yeah, yeah. 2001. 2001, wow. yeah. 21 years he's gone? Jesus. That was the first, like, person of my g- generation, like, the first person I grew up with or whatever that died, and 
I don't even know if I've seen a lot of people that died after him that, that I grew up with. Well, for me, it was Mike, you know, Nicolosi, yeah. but uh, didn't Rhino die not that long ago? Rhino died. Oh, Rhino did die. Yeah, Rhino, Rhino died recently. I still have his amp. So I also have tickets for tomorrow night, but I don't think I can make it. We, we, something else came up uh -huh. and I figured, you know, my friend Jeff, who I was supposed to go with, you know, Jeff Manchie, Yeah, sure. he can't go. He's got an elderly parent thing where he's running back and forth to Virginia all the time uh -huh. to take care of them. And I, I mean, look, I looked out on that shit. You yeah. know, I, I really did. My father, yeah. we were estranged when he died. Yeah. And he died suddenly. My mother went pretty rapidly, right. you know. Yeah. And I wasn't the one living out on Long Island having to take care of her. So I, I can't. It's hard for me, you know. Like I understand intellectually what that's all about, but yeah. I, I, I just don't know emotionally what that's all about when you have, you know, these elderly parents and you know, he's he's got to drive seven hours every time he goes down there. Right. You know. And yeah. now. So uh, you're coming on for the last ten songs, and you said they should t it should take fifteen minutes. Are they what are they less than two minutes each? These songs? Well, some are over two minutes, and some are less than a minute. Wow, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. But the other thing is too is that tomorrow, because tomorrow we're playing longer tonight, because yeah. Bowery Electric has like a hard out, like we have to be done by eleven. Union labor, probably, right? It's no, it's because they do dance. They have a they have a, a, a young people's uh, dance party after that. Oh, it's wow. a club. It's a club. What do you know? Yeah. What did that used to be? Great Gildersleeves, I wonder. I mean, it looks like it's almost in the same spot. Bowery Electric. Yeah. I wonder if it's you know, it's it's a few up from where CBGBs used to be, right? It's like on yeah. the Bowery, and it's a few up. Okay. Well, it seems like it must have used to be something, and it wasn't. Uh, it, I guess it's kind of near where. What was that place by that place by CB's? That was, you know, a club. That was. A it was club. a rock club that was around CBGBs in like the nineties. I don't remember that. I mean, I know in the eighties there was a club called Great Gildersleeves. That yeah, was that's one on the I same side of. of the block as maybe it was CBGBs. Yeah, that and, that would make sense. Yeah, we played that dump. We played all those dumps. The only thing we didn't do, like AOD, is get in a van and go anywhere because we would have murdered each other. That's my standard yeah. line. It's like, I think we would have been in that van for 24 hours and seriously, there would have been a punch-up that somebody would have gotten, yeah. you know. It's, oh, man. You, you want to... You wanna, I have a story for a thing I was not there for. It's a hilarious story that I heard from um, Craig Bell from Rocket from the Tombs. Because they Rocket from the Tombs toured with with Cheetah Chrome and Richard Lloyd, mm. and there was they they I think they drove straight to Boston from New York, like it was that four hour drive, and that it was seriously Cheetah and Richard were gonna come to blows in the tr in the truck. It was like, like it was uh, hard to imagine. They were they went going nuts. And the funny thing is, too, is that, like, because one of the tours, Richard's son came on, 
and he had gone on tour with Rock, Rocket from the Tombs, and I was like, what is it, what's it like? What's that guy Dave Thomas like? And he's just like, oh, man, he just sits in the van and just chain smokes, <laughs> like in the back of a van with no, no windows open, he just chain smokes. That's not good. How could you do that? How could you? I couldn't do that. I was like, I'd be like, I can't be in this band. I'm sorry, I can't sit here. Some guy blowing smoke. That's not Look who, well, look at that cast of characters, man. Yeah. There's a bunch of characters. Oh, are you that, still doing the handsome dick thing, by the way? Or is that... Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're booking the last weekend of December. I think he got a fire under his ass because we've started practicing. We might have started practicing this in like February, like, you know, starting to work it out. So I, I, I'm not sure if he confirmed it, but like he just suddenly got a wild hair. He's like, okay, we just need to book a show and just have four practices before that. So, and I think it's the 28th, whatever day that is. Where'd the fucking toll booths go? They took the toll booths out, huh? Yeah. And it's been a while since I got to the hall. No, the funny thing is, is that it's, it's recent that they did that though, because basically like, um, because I go into the city to practice with, with handsome dick and you drive in yeah i drive in and some like i drive in to go by lincoln half the time and holland half the time but and this is recent because i've been coming through here like kind of all year and this is like within the last i don't know a couple months wow so what is the advantage for you to drive in you don't have to walk around with your bass or, or guitar or what you'd rather not carry it or is it just you don't like the public transportation and the... Yeah, you know. it, yeah, I don't... Well, I don't particularly... For one thing, it, like, the sensible tra public transportation would be to take a bus. Yeah. And I don't want to bring gear on the bus. Yeah. But um, the other thing is, too, is that driving in is, like, it's easy to drive in. It's easy to get a street parking, which must cost close to what a garage costs. Not right. really, but it costs a lot. But, um, you know, it's easy to drive and easy to park, and um, I guess I, I like the solitude. If you want to close that, yeah. I'll open this thing up. Get some air in here. Is that what you're looking for, air? Some air? No, I mean, I was. Yes, I was looking for some air. I just closed it because um, of the tradition of closing the windows in the Holland Tunnel. I don't know if I believe in it. People walk around in here. I don't know if I believe in it. But because it of the concentration of carbon monoxide and the... Yeah asbestos that's coming off all the drum linings yeah the brake linings yeah sure, why not yeah well i'm trying to think if there's anything new with me i mean i you know not really i've just been sort of uh you know hanging out and weehawking that's about it we we went away last weekend we went up to the catskills but we, we really haven't traveled all that much or done all that much just basically we had a nice summer because they got the Weehawken pool now. Uh -huh. And we went to the pool every week. Sometimes a couple of times a week, you know. And I, uh, I thought you were talking about moving. No, I mean, when was that? When would that have been? That might have been over when the, I had the store, you know. Um, yeah, it was over the past year. I know that. Well, I had the clothes the store. I don't know if you heard that whole story. I, you know, I didn't. My cousin. I, I don't know if I heard a whole story about closing the store. So, you know... It was, what, September of uh, 2020 mm -hmm. that I decided to throw in with my cousin in this uh, space up in Saugerties. And she had basically the, the, the space that she had. She had an antique store on the main drag. Guy sold the building. And then 
the new owner wanted to raise her rent significantly. So she went looking for a new space. The new space had an upstairs and a downstairs connected by a circular staircase. I went and looked at it and uh, it was probably a mistake because I'd taken a couple of gummies before we drove up there. Uh-huh. And I was feeling pretty good. And I started getting it in my head that like, yeah, I'm gonna open an antique store, you know, and it's gonna have all this cool stuff in it. And then maybe we'll even move up here. We'll sell our house. We'll move this to Saugerties. So the gummies gave you cocaine ambition? The gummies, <laughs> like the gummies made me feel like, like when I walked yeah. into that space and yeah. I saw like the, the wood floors and the, you know, brick wall. And I just thought I could really make something out of this. I could make something really cool down here. And I did. I busted my ass to build out the store, put in pipe shelving, you know, put a workbench in the back, created a whole stock room in the back, found these antique uh, glass display cases to use as my counter. I, you know, I don't know if you ever saw any of the pictures or any of that shit. I never remember who actually subscribes to my newsletter, but I wrote all about it uh-huh. in the newsletter. Um, and then last year around this time, I mean, and things were going pretty well. It, by the way, what got us into this space, what, what got us the space above the other people buying for the space, Right. I wrote a check to the landlady for $8,100 to mm. cover my year's worth of rent. My rent was $675 a month. That's how we decided to split it. Right. My cousin was going to pay $1,000 a month. I was going to pay $675. And, you know, uh, I remember saying to this woman, Francine, would it would it get us the space if I if I wrote you a check for my entire year's rent? And she's like, absolutely. So I wrote a check for eighty one hundred dollars, and I handed it over to her. And you know, next thing you know, we're moving in, and uh, I was doing pretty well. I was, you know, uh, basically I would have ended the year doing a little better than breaking even, which everybody told me that's pretty good yeah. for your first year in retail. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're trying to establish yourself, blah, blah, blah. And I had a lot of costs. I had a lot of overhead costs, yeah. initial costs. So last year around, I guess, September after my birthday, sometime towards the end of September, she starts making noises that she's not happy with the arrangement. That she's like, she. I'm not sure this is working out for me. It's very weird to have another shop downstairs from mine. She was, you know, according to Janet, she was getting jealous because people would go downstairs, buy something from me. We had these nice white shopping bags and Janet had made a stamp with my store logo. Right. And people had to leave through her store. Uh-huh. So every time somebody left her store with a bag yeah. from my store, it must have dri- driven her insane. Keep in mind, we didn't sell a lot of the same stuff. I had guitars, amps, vintage stereo gear. I had knives. I had tools. I had a lot of man cave stuff. Mm -hmm. That's why the store was called That Cave. That Cave under Pop Vintage because her store was called Pop Vintage. And so, you know, essentially I ignored it. The first couple of times she said this to me, I kind of ignored it. Finally, we went for a drink at a local bar after work one night. Mm -hmm. And she made it clear that she doesn't think this is working. And I, you know, once once the year is up, because the lease, I, I had a sublease with her. It ran for a year, from October to October. So once, you know, October 30th, 31st rolled around, I would have to basically get out. And I had to spend the month of November, December tearing apart 
this fucking store that I had built. Yeah. It was the most grueling, horrible thing I have ever been through. I, I Plus, Janet broke her leg on December 4th, so she was unable to help with any of it. I was mostly doing it alone, going up to Saugerties for three and four days at a time. Right, right. And trying to figure out where I'm going to put all this stuff. I had to rent the storage spot. It was a fucking, it was a fucking nightmare. It was a nightmare. And then for a while, I was thinking, like, do I reopen someplace else in Saugerties? Do I keep this thing going? Do I, you know, are we still going to move up here? And finally, yeah. we were like, you know what? We're staying in Weehawken. That's good. what we're doing. I'm glad. I'm personally glad. I, I don't really know what to do here, so if you know what to do, yeah, tell um, me what to do. You go around the spinning thing. It's like you take the second to last one. Like, I would kind of be poised in right lane kind of thing. And then... This is... This is this is this is it here no wait that i'm wrong it's right up here i'm sorry yeah. straight through he did this one that's right and then you get to the light and then you're going to be on sixth avenue i mean you, when you make a left at the end of this you'll end up on sixth it's like a left and a right you end up on sixth avenue so here you're jogging left You know, I still have a ton of shit from my store in our house. I have, you know, stuff that I meant to sell and I didn't sell. I got rid of all the fixtures, and I'm pretty impressed with myself that I was able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I am also impressed. Some guy with a barber shop in Queens came and bought all the pipe shelving and the display case, you know. Oh, good. But for a solid two months, we couldn't use our garage. It was full of shit from the store. And uh, I'll never forgive her. I mean, this is a cousin I hadn't seen in 30 years. You know, we reconnected because yeah. Jan and I have friends up in the Catskills right. and we would go up there. And one day we stumbled across her. You know, and there she was with yeah. her antique store in Woodstock. Good job, left. This way? Yeah. Yeah, because this will take you on to 6th Avenue. That's not what this is saying. the old ways yeah what it'll be is you'll end up on 6th Avenue and then you will be able to make a right onto Houston Street uh, okay. is this canal right here <coughs> that's canal yeah, yeah. Elbow crossing It's, it's, there's a sad, a sad irony of like the whole, like, I will pay a year's rent up front, which means I am the most solid, reliable guy. I am your dream tenant that like, you, you know what I mean? Like the, like, is met with the gesture of like, yeah, this isn't working. Like it's, uh, that's, that's, that's messed up. Oh, Janet thinks that she just basically took advantage of me and that she saw that I was 
you know, willing to do this and I was willing to spend money on it. And I don't even know if she would have gotten into that space without me. Right. You know, we don't know that because, you know, I still have the text that she sent me. She's like, I found a great space, but it's more than I can afford. And I'm thinking maybe there's a cousin that wants to go in with it on, you know, go in on it with me. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to take a chance on myself. What the hell? This is way outside of my comfort zone. It's a pandemic. Let me try something I've never tried before. You know, maybe I'll be good at it. Who knows? And I was good at it. Everybody that came through that store loved the place, you know. Yeah. yeah. I took pictures. One of my innovations is every time somebody bought something, I would take a picture of them with their purchase. Yeah. And put it on Instagram, you know. And everybody's smiling. Everybody who's just bought something from me has a big smile on their face. You know, I think that drove her crazy, too. Because she didn't think of it. You know, so she was probably like, fuck. Anyway, I... I would slow down if I saw her crossing the street. Just saying. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a dick over. It was, yeah, she dicked me over. She definitely dicked me over. And and it, the amazing part of it is, like, she would say these things to me, like, you know, um, I had to do this several times. I lost my place in Woodstock, and then I lost my place in Saugerties. I've had to move three times. And, I'm, and I would say to her, this is like if you came up to me and punched me in the face... And then said to me, I've been punched in the face before. What's the big deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you so upset about it? And I'm like, you're the one that's throwing me the fuck out. You don't get to tell me this shit about how you've been through it. You're the one who's doing it. There was a certain density to her that I just like, it's like, you don't, you're not really getting how fucked up this is, are you? You're not getting it. And Janet wrote her a big old kiss off letter. It's like, Uh you know, basically you watched as Chris did this and did that and broke his ass to do this and do that and then you decided you didn't want him there anymore like how fucked up is that so anyway that's that was my foray into retail and now I'm trying to sell shit online and I'm dealing with these assholes on eBay like I put up this vintage AFX slot car set uh-huh. and I took copious pictures and I wrote so these fucking assholes are like what kind of shape is the track in? Is any of it warped? Is there any rust or any of the tabs broken off on the track? It's fucking, it's up to $30. How much work do you think I'm going to do responding to your questions for $30? Right. I'm sorry. It's, I took all, look at the fucking pictures. Blow them up if you have to. What are you asking me all these questions? I would just as soon throw it in the trash. I would just as soon throw it in the trash as deal with these people. You know right. what I mean? Yep. At least in my store, you walk in, you see it, you buy it. You know? That's yep. it. Yep. Anyway. What's going on with you? Are you doing more uh, work with Tammy, you guys? You know or, what? Uh, you know what? Like last night, it was like, it was the... It was a stone show at Pangea, which is my favorite kind of thing to ever do with her. And yeah. I was rehearsing with Adrenaline OD. And, and it you was, couldn't play the show last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that, like, I even helped come up with the, the idea of the show. And I was really psyched. But, you know, she wanted to do it exactly this time. And the Thursday nights is the time. And that was the night I had to rehearse. So, but, um, so, but yeah, in general, I still do stuff with Tammy. I played with, um, I played a gig with, um, Rebecca Pigeon last month. That was a through Tammy connection. And, uh, 
I don't know if you know who Rebecca Pigeon is. No. She is an actress who is David Mamet's wife. So oh, she's wow. been in a lot of David Mamet movies. And then she's also a uh, singer-songwriter and really good. Like, um, almost like a kind of a Katie Lang mm. kind of style, but like more like whatever, indie rock edge or whatever. But um, then Kevin Salem was in the band and um, it was fun. It's good. And Tammy, you know, was in that show for us about too. And that was at Joe's Pub. And then, oh, we're bringing Nico back to Joe's Pub. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, dude. This is, it. this is, this breaks my heart. Because, you know, like, there's jokes that is in specifically the Nico show that you cannot say in most places anymore. But if any place where there's certain jokes in the Nico show that you can't say, Joe's Pub is the platonic ideal of that place where certain things cannot be funny anymore. But, and then I think that she has to present us, she's already like, you know, doctoring the script, but I think they need script approval now before a show. Like Penny Arcade just did it and they had to see her script first. Um, and I always hated Joe's Pub. Yeah. Well, you know, cause it's hoity-toity and you know, it's not rock and roll. It's not punk rock. It's not even rock and roll is how I would say it. Yeah. But now it's, I mean, the thing is, it's a really nice place to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's very professional, it's a fantastic dressing room. Um, great um, backline, all that, but man, it's it's. So that's the thing is, I don't know what is gonna what the Nico show is gonna be like by the time she gets there, but like, it's the balderized version. The balderized version, yeah, yeah, yeah the uh, the the. Uh, well, I would just call it censored. Yeah, because it literally is, you know, it's, and uh, as we all know, uh, the biggest form of censorship is self censorship. So even when Tammy's doctoring the script to make sure it's okay as best she can, she's already censoring it. Yeah. And then yeah. they will uh, have a censor option. And it's, um, it's sad to see because in my mind, in my mind, in those times when she was playing there, because, you know, I did that show with her in a lot of places in the country. And ironically, the only things that ever offended anyone, I mean, she's had experience of playing in Jewish clubs where the owner didn't understand that she was Jewish so that when she was going in on the Jews as an evangelical, it's ironic. Yeah. But other than that, like when we went, you go to the South and like play in Florida and people get fucking angry at the Jesus stuff. Like when she was doing the Jesus stuff, but it really used to be like, you know, you go out of town and it's kind of like, people don't get it cause they're not as worldly. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you, that's like your idea at least is that, you know, they don't they don't get it because they're not cool because they live somewhere that's not cool. So they don't know what cool is. And um, and but in general, but if she was playing New York, you know, that shit was going over like wildfire, like making fun of every fucking thing, especially and did a lot of Jew stuff. And it and it was no matter what was funny. Um, and it's sad to see it. It's kind of like. I feel like everyone, I mean, maybe it was a better feeling of everyone being able to kind of get along as themselves back, you know, in the early 2000s when I was playing with her and she's telling all the jokes. So we're going to the parking garage, right? Because it's, I think it's a turn, I got a turn here. Yeah, There's man. no point looking for street parking, right? Not with all these things, um, right? Well, let's put it this way. I have, if you go around the block, you might find something. I would maybe take, a, are we, are, what time are we? It's, I don't know, uh, you, you, you have a, I'm trying to concentrate here. Yeah, okay. is my it's thing. It's 739. Okay, I usually, right? I usually go for a block, I go around the block 
and then generally if i really go around the block a lot i find a place but i would say go around the block see if you're lucky because you might find something the next streets i think avenue a is it I think it's Avenue A is the next street. Sometimes I find stuff on Avenue A, or then when I turn back on to come down. I'll give it a try. I mean, you're the one that has to get in there at some point, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll take a little ride. We'll see if we find something. Cause... It's after Third Street, right? It's between Third and Fourth, I think. The the club itself. Yeah. 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 So what I usually like first, yeah, I look, and sometimes there's even a place in front of the club. Not usually on a weekend. And then I'll just go around the block and then see if there's a space. And then if there's not a space, we just head to a garage. Yeah, okay. What is it, 2nd Avenue or Avenue A? Is that right? I believe it's Avenue A. All right, so. And this actually, yeah, the last time I ever tried to park around here, this was all, see see that there's like a parking meter right in yeah. by this? So that means Um, I think you, you might be able to park If there's not a fire hydrant You could probably park in front of that car That Tesla right there? Yeah, because Yeah, yeah man Yeah man Why do I feel like this is Yeah This guy wants to be great Come on pal What are you doing? There um, yeah, this is this is one of my standard um, Bowery Electric parking spots. Well, how do you pay for parking here? There is a you pay with an app, and we I think it's only I think you have to pay till nine, but we'll see. But I have the app, and I'll I'll pay for it for it. Nah, I think I have the app too. What, is there anything there that's going to keep still pay for from it. opening that door? No. Actually, no. So you think this is totally legit, this here parking here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. And. End of part one. Intermission. End of intermission. Part two. All right. Go ahead. I'm recording. So <clears throat> this Paul Pelosi... Imbroglio. Mm. What's what's up with that? In uh, your opinion? Well, I think uh, you know somebody tried to shit. Did I make do the wrong thing? Oh wait a minute. Somebody tried to break into their house. They successfully broke in their house. Apparently, they, they broke into his house, and the cops are fucking incompetent. The cops that showed up are incompetent. Why because, so? Why so? Yes. According to what I read, yes, it was while the cops were standing there, yes, that the assailant struck Paul Pelosi in the head with a fucking hammer. The official story that remains the official story, right? And you don't think that's the? I believe that that actually happened, kind of. Um, so before I say any of my other shit, is like, is there anything about the way the story has been reported and? In the process of the week, because it's like a week-old story now, yeah. like, things have changed in the story, including, um, what channel has the Today Show? Is that NBC? Yes. The Today Show? They had a report 
that was reported on the Today Show that they pulled. Mm. And all the report said was some shit like, well, it just said some old story shit, which is, yeah, well, because... So, so, so before I get into that, like, is there anything about it to you that sounds like that can't be right or it doesn't add up or it's confusing to me how that works? Uh, what, how the this guy broke into their house and... Well, you know, obviously, the idea that it's Nancy Pelosi's house and no one's guarding it, there's nobody that knows that this guy has used a hammer to smash but a window let's and start, let Yeah, and let's start with it's Nancy Pelosi's house and no one is guarding it. It's ridiculous. Mm. Now, apparently, and this I would have to really, I would have to um, vet the claim, but I believe the claim sounds true. When they were trying to serve Paul Pelosi with papers for the drunk driving shit, mm -hmm. they went to a bunch of places that, a bunch of properties he owns, of course, because we we're, we want to be clear that these are multi-hundred millionaire people. Yes. In the first They're place. They're wealthy and they own property. And then you have, I will call her the most powerful Democrat. I'm saying more than Biden. I, I say Nancy well, Pelosi. She's second in line? Second I mean, in after, line. After Kamala. Kamala. Yeah. Right? Right, no, she's second in line, but also, I believe she's more calling the shots than Biden would be. Not mm. for, not in a sinister way, but just like you know, Biden's kind of out there. Mm. But um, so so the first thing was, do you remember a version of the story? The first version of the story, which actually remains part of the story, is that it's supposed to be this guy came in his house. And you know the idea that he called he called from the bathroom. Yeah. So yes. it's like this guy breaks in the house. And Paul Pelosi is like, I don't know why you're here, but I have to go to the bathroom before you explain it to me. And that's when he called the cops, right? That's the official story of when he called the cops, is that the guy had broken in and he called the cops. And the thing that was taken off of today's show was it wasn't originally reported oh, as emergency. Asshole. Which is why they first said wellness check. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it makes it sound like he was nervous about what was up, but it wasn't like an emergency, this guy's killing me. And then, do you remember the original story had a third person answering the door? And then they they, re no, they that retracted I, that. That I, that I didn't hear. The original version of the story, which was in Politico, and also, if this didn't happen, who answered the door? Because the cops definitely said someone answered the door. So... It was originally a third person said, answered the door and says, he's a friend. And then the Paul Pelosi called, the thing that got banned from today's show was that he called and he did not say it was an emergency situation. He wanted the cops to know it was up. He, but um, He was trying to be cryptic is what I read, right? He was sort of being cryptic with what the, how he was saying it because he didn't want to tip the guy off. That he had called. He was in the bathroom. The guy, the guy was not supposed to have heard what one word he said. Here's what here's what gets me though. That, yes. Because I I feel like one of the things that's going on in this country and and has been for a while is the infiltration into the military and law enforcement of some real right wing motherfuckers. That's true. Who are in a position where they could let some guy into. Nancy Pelosi's house, for instance. Except they're not you hired know? by Nancy Pelosi because they have private security, which they claim 
the private security, they, they claim that when Nancy Pelosi leaves, no, they just, the whole security leaves. It's up for grabs, which that sounds to me fucking ridiculous. And they also never explained how the guy got through the security cameras that they have a, you, you know that during the COVID, they were trying to fucking go, she had a wall in front of the house. They were trying to get in her house during COVID, like the fucking insane San Franciscans or people commuting there. But like the whole thing of him getting in, passing the security, they never explained it and it doesn't make sense. The other thing is that the actual photo that they shared after everyone was questioning that, they just showed a picture of the back door and it's like, no, see that broken glass? That's how we got in. The glass fell outside of the building. You can see it in the photos. Well, you heard that there's supposedly video, right, of the guy breaking in. Yeah, that they say, oh, this guy's waving you forward. All right, well. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about. Maybe get um, a fucking thing that you wave. Police cam. You're talking about police cams, right? Jesus. You're talking about the police cams? I don't know. I, That's I heard what it's, that there was video of the break-in. That's all I heard. Anything I you hear that there's video of that they won't show you, lies. Um, the guy running around the house saying, where's Nancy? Lies until I hear it. Because cops were in there with body cams that they won't release. If if it was anything that's real, because they definitely want pe- people to take a specific message of the meaning of this. And anything they claim that they cannot show you, because cops had body cams... And they had security cameras is fucking a lie is all I'm saying. And especially that the cop came, then the guy hit him in the head with a hammer. And then also when you said long road to recovery, the first thing they said before anything came out was like they expect a full recovery. And I'm saying, well, if an 80 year old man just got like blunt force trauma to the head and is rushed to the hospital for brain surgery, no one would be in a position now to say, to say he's going to be in a full recovery. Fucking cunt. Yeah, it's fucked up. Fucking left turn from the middle lane, motherfucker. It's anarchy. Ugh. This is why I don't fucking drive into Manhattan anymore. No, good call. Good call. Although I do it all the time. I do it all the time. But I I, I don't... But I'm, I'm, I'm easy going about that shit. I gotta admit... Like, I'm easy I'm going like, it is what it is. Too, until a fucking Escalade turns left in front of me. No, every terrible the thing. Lane. Every terrible thing yeah. that happens, I'm ready for it. And, I, I'm, and I'm also ready to do terrible things if, 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 if it fits my agenda. And this guy's about to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Fucking douche. No, because there's no who, no, there's no easy going in there. Every fucking person coming out of here is drunk. Except for you. I am not drunk. I had that one beer that you gave me, and that was that. Fucking cunts. I mean, that's what I found. No, you want to go straight, right? No, it's Lincoln Tunnel. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I forgot that we went. I forgot that we had the chat about the Lincoln Tunnel. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm out. I'm disoriented. Lincoln fucking Tunnel. That's where I'm going. Get back to New Jersey. I'm glad I came out. I'm glad I supported the band. You supported the scene. But I tell you, it would have been a lot easier to go to Clifton. That's for damn sure. Well. Oh, well. You got tickets for Clifton? I got tickets, but we can't go tomorrow. Right. It's not going to work, unfortunately. All right. I, I got to go upstate. I understand. Shit. I don't need this anymore, right? We're at the Lincoln Tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, can, we can play it by ear at this point. 
Well, I appreciate the ride in and home. Um, well. Because um, then I can relax. I, I was glad I got to see you play that bass. That bass sounds incredible. Oh, oh, you know you what? Know? You know what I did? What did you do? I changed the strings the day um, yesterday. I changed the strings because I was like, new strings have that like fucking, you know. It sounded awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. And um, what were you playing through? Was that an Ampeg it, bottom with what I kind think, of head was on there? I think it's it's one of those miniature like um, transistor heads. I don't know if I saw the brand, but I wouldn't rule out that it was also an Ampeg made by Ampeg. It wasn't a Gillian Kruger or something like that. No, 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 no. no it, was, it was tiny. It was, it was, it was a modern miniature because base amp heads are can get be really small now. The good ones. Yeah. But um, you know what? I mean, I, forgive me if I already told you this. I never played Paul's Not Home. Yeah. I never got to play with them when they weren't doing it. They they weren't doing it when I was in the band. And then when it was that Stanhope House reunion, me and Jim came on stage to sing along with it. You know, bring yeah. bring up them to sing it, but like I never played Paul's Not Home. I never played it, and it was like, now I didn't realize I hadn't done this, and this is very meaningful. I also might have said this, and actually, no, I might not have had this conversation with you because I would remember because I'd ask you how you feel about it with what you were doing, but like. You know, there's nihilistics. Like, like my, like when I was getting into the shit, you know, Let's Barbecue, Nihilistics album. Those were like two of the first things that, like, were big things when they came out that I was into. And, um, but like when I'm, I'm playing with Adrenaline OD, like it's kind of like you get that. Um, no, these guys are actually first generation hardcore. And that's rare. There's not that much. A lot of stuff that got big. Chromags are not first generation hardcore. Yeah. They're first generation being around hardcore. But like um now I'm curious because the nihilistics must have been like, how did you guys and also I probably told you this before, but like, you know, I used to read Big Takeover pretty religiously and, and Jack Rabbit was talking about bands like Flipper and he just had a couple other names, but Nihilistics was in it and he was like these are bands that actually transcend the label of hardcore punk rock. And it gets called that just because that's where they're at. But, um, so what's the question? I'm trying to figure out the question. For, what, what, what does first generation hardcore mean to you? And where does your fucking thing nihilistics and just hanging out fit into it? Well, it's interesting because, you know, yeah. now yeah, like oh, that these books are coming out, I'm trying to write my book yeah. about, you know, the nihilistics and trying to figure out, like how it came about and how we ended up doing what we did, you know, and really it was because, you know, I, I had discovered punk rock. Mm -hmm. I remember clearly the year that I was, went from night at the opera on the turntable to nevermind the bollocks. Yeah. You know, and then to find out later that they were recorded pretty much in the same place at the same time. Yeah. It was kind of a mind blower, but you know, and I remember, like, there was a kid in our school, Lenny Lobriano, who you realize later was the gay kid, one of the gay yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 Who yeah. had the Sex Pistols button on his yeah. on his blazer, and we all thought, you know, he was weird, but then we were like, I started getting into this shit. I, I, I literally sold all of my Led Zeppelin paraphernalia. I had original U.S. tour programs. I had, you know, my 77... 
swan song t-shirt. I sold it all to a friend of my brother's and I started listening to punk rock and, you know, Mike Nicolosi wanted to be in a band. I mm-hmm. taught him how to play bass. Mm-hmm. You know, we started playing in my mother's basement and because, you know, Mike had a fairly bleak outlook on life yeah. and we had started listening to all this sh- shit like the Damned and Champ yeah. 69 and all that shit. You know, and the Ramones, obviously, yeah. New York Dolls, a lot of that shit. And, you know, uh, after his father died, he went really dark. And that's where a lot of those lyrics came mm. from for the nihilistics. But, you know, we, my guitar thing was really just based on expediency more than anything else. Like, how do I get from here to there? Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we took a long time to find a drummer and a singer, but... When we finally made a tape, you know, and got it to somebody, Ron probably sent it off to either Jack Rabbit or Tim Summer, one of those two. Yeah, yeah. And they started playing in an IMYU. Yeah. You know, and from that we were able to get gigs. You know, we were. And able that's to... the that's the AOD path as well. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Well, I they because they were on they were on Tim Summer's show I think before they made any records. Yeah. Well, he had. Yeah. He or had Paul's noise, not home. Noise came the show yeah. and. You know, um, I think I have a recording somewhere of the first time he played the Nihilistics. Yeah. You know? And, uh, it, you know, it just started the snowball. Lyle Heisen put us on the benefit at uh-huh. Max's Kansas City for damaged goods. You know, I think AOD was on that fucking benefit, as a matter of fact. You know, we, and from early on, we were doing shows with AOD, but like I hadn't heard the word hardcore. I hadn't, no one had yeah. ever called it hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember when I finally saw NYHC or who the fuck came up with that. To me, it was like punk rock. You know, we yeah. were playing punk rock. And to find out later, no, you're playing hardcore. I was like, ah, okay. I, I don't think our band was like nearly as fast as some other bands. I, I don't think the Nihilistics played like one song after another, like where it was just, Yeah, you know. Yeah. There was more dynamics in it, there was more shit going there on. There was a lot of it. vibes and their different songs were different. Yeah. But you know, as a as a hardcore fan listening to their first hardcore records, that Nihilistics album fit right in and also like it was a little you know, it was a good package. Like it was like a, it was a real record. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like the, even the oh you, you had the booklet you had a full booklet with the lyrics in it yes and it was like it was that a whole was philosophy very important to Mike but um because we were into that. it and like um we were into it when we were just getting into hardcore and then only when Jack Rabbit said like Flipper because I understood how Flipper was different from hardcore but I still listened to it with the same now I'm into the Dead Kennedys mindset yeah but um it hadn't occurred to me that you guys were different. You know, in your approach, until Jack Rabbit said that, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I, I no, I could see what he means by that." But we definitely, as a matter of fact, I've told you this before. I'll tell you it again. You were supposed to be on the second or third hardcore show I ever went to. It was supposed to be the the lineup was it was a, a, a Patrick's in New Brunswick. Um, the lineup was nihilistics. Um. The Misguided And I don't remember what the first band was But I guess that's not that important But I went so specifically To see you guys I mean we you know, we would have gone to any show anyway But like 
I was like, it was I have the album now. I'm gonna see him live thing. Mm. And then you guys canceled. The False Prophets came, and they were fucking great. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. It's it's all like I wish sometimes I had written shit down. I, you know, yeah. and I wasn't a photographer. I didn't go around with a camera. Yeah, you know, or. Yeah. You know, video. There's no fucking video of the band. As it was, far a, as it I was know. a different time. It was a different time. But, you know, I, I mean, I wish I, I was writing back then. Uh -huh. My mother had a typewriter. It yeah. never occurred to me to come home and, like, write mm. down some of this shit. I was like, here's what we did tonight and where we played. And, like, I don't think anybody kept anything like that. There was no nihilistic scrapbook or yeah. any of that shit. You know, we just got these gigs. And it wasn't me getting them. It was. Yeah. It had to have been Ron because it wouldn't have been Mike or yeah. Troy. And Ron was the go-getter. Ron was the yeah. one who was like, "Oh yeah, with Lennon, I got a show. I got a show yeah. for us coming up." A blah blah blah, you know. And we would do the shows. And you were lucky if you got fifty bucks at the end of the night if someone handed you fifty dollars. Oh no, but dude, know? fifty dollars in this in this in this like like at this year, mm. it's not not a fucking joke. <laughs> By the way, how does this guy get away with this shit? Like, you can't see his fucking license plate. I mean, that's that's the reason to get pulled over, right there, pal. You're gonna get pulled over. Cammy asking me to pick up some milk. By the way, um, she asked me to pick up some beer. No, actually, that's me. Mm. Um, I would like to if we stay on Willow, we would cruise by my beer store, which I think is open till one, but it might not be. And as a matter of fact, it's probably not. Mm. If you wouldn't mind cruising by it, it's one block past my house, one block away, and then you make a left and a left, and we're right at my house. Yeah. She didn't ask me to get beer. She, I gotta be honest. And then I was gonna get beer to leave here before the show. I was like, no, I'll be able to drink enough beer at the show. I don't care. Could have grabbed a few of those Tecates or Pabst's? Well, you know what? The Pabst's, the Pabst's, it turned out it was the front man from the first band, Fear Gods, Jack's band. Because mm. um, that guy, like, because when I was reaching into it, he's like, you know, there's Pabst in there. I was like, no, I got one before. He's like, no, before it was all that Mexican shit beer. I can't drink that shit. I don't like that shit. I'm an old man. I need to drink Pabst. But like, there's nothing wrong with Tecate. I like Tecate. I always thought Tecate was fine. No, but but it's definitely like, what, whatever the thing that was funny about it, it is, is like, I, if, if I, you know, the um, cooler full of beer backstage is a luxury. You don't see that much in my world of gigs anymore. Not so, sometimes. But um, um, I'm just happy if they just put beer back there. Um, and then obviously Takate is, is, it's pretty fuck cool. But like, I like that he was just trying to be like, I want you to know that the Pabst is in there. Don't sell yourself short by drinking the Takate. And no, here's the other thing. Besides Takate being fine, I, I am sure it's like on a beer tech level better because it's it's a good beer. Tagana is actually. Good I beer. think it's a good beer. Look, I like Narragansett. So you know, I got mocked one time because I was like buying Narragansett sixteen ounces. They they had it at the fucking Acme. No one ever should be you know? mocked for their beer. Well, there's a lot of beer snobs. My go-to's is I mean I like the Guinness, but that's a special circumstance. But I, I love a Guinness. Um, Stella Heineken and I will always just drink a Budweiser or whatever but Stella Guinness Heineken are the ones I'm, I'm generally looking for 
Is there still packaged goods in Hoboken? Can you go to a bar and buy beer? Um, I don't even know, but I don't care if, unless you're looking for beer. No, I don't, I don't I, care for I myself. Beer at home. But. Yeah, the next corner, if the place is open and it looks like it's already, it looks like it's closed. But if it's open, it does have, the lights are on. Is it on the left? It's, on the, it's right? on the right. If you turn left, it's okay. right on the corner. And if it's open, I'll run in. And it is open. There's a sign that says open. Yeah, just make a left and, and double park in front of that, after that car. All right, man. I'm kicking ass now. You want anything? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Buttered, buttered bagel? I'll have to have a buttered bagel. You have to have a buttered bagel. Not going to say Okay. Oh, you're going to walk from here? What are you doing? No, no, no. Oh. They don't give you bags. Oh, okay. 